Hopefully no one has a dumb phone. But let me remind you that we are looking at everyday experiences and encounters that people had with Jesus. And we're learning about God, we're learning about God's character because Jesus was God. And so if we see these encounters and how Jesus reacted and how Jesus acted with these people, then we will see God. We see that God loves people. We have seen how he talks to people and how he sees the need of people. When you, when you know Jesus, you also have a correct concept of God. I think one of the greatest faults that we have uh, in our walk with God is sometimes we have a wrong concept of God. We have heard things said, and we've experienced things, and because we've experienced pain and, and tribulation in our life, we have a tendency to connect God to those experiences and not really the character of God. And so in this series, which has been long, that we are going to go probably another six weeks in this series, and um, we're, we're learning about God. The Lord has led me now in this part of the series to study each encounter the disciples had with Jesus. Now, we must understand that the disciples were the closest to him. Last week, we talked about intimacy. Last week, we talked about how that God is desiring intimacy with him, and that he called us, before he called us in the ministry, before he set our call and, and gave us our gifts, he called us to him first. And he is desirous of us to be intimate with him. By the way, the disciples are basically us, the church. Today we're going to study where Jesus says to them a very simple statement, just go. Just go and touch lives. But we're going to see that God commissioned us, and when he commissioned us to go, there are some specific things that he gave us and he said to us so that we can go with great confidence. You know, I, I am also going to show you that the Great Commission has five parts to it. A lot of times there's only one part preached, and I'm going to show you five parts so that we truly understand the ability that we have. Each one of these give a different impartation with the commission. So the first of the Great Commission is Jesus says, go with authority. In Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20, it says, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Always talking about intimacy. We are so trained to do when God desires us to become. We are so trained to be so busy doing things and accomplishing things that God says, I just want you to sit with me and spend time with me. And love on me as I love you. Well, most people begin reading the Great Commission at verse 19. Verse 19 again says, Go therefore and make disciples 
of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. But here's the problem. Verse 19 is a continuation of verse 18. And if you don't grab what verse 18 says, then you're going to miss something about the power of the commission that you have. Verse 18 says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore. Now, could be said, therefore go. All authority has been given to me, so therefore go. Anytime you see the word, therefore, you need to say to yourself, what is there for? What is there for? It's a continuation of a thought. I have authority, so therefore, now this is what you can do. All authority has been given to Jesus, and because of that, just go and make disciples. I want you to hear this. That when Jesus says, all authority has been given to me, now go, what Jesus is saying, you have everything you need. You have all you need. You, You can accomplish the very things that I have just sent you to because I have authority. The words make disciples basically is the main verb in this verse. In the Greek text, it says go therefore could actually mean having gone. So Jesus is saying having already gone, have already been released, I want you to make disciples. Now let me explain that. Jesus did not give the great commission to make you feel guilty you're not doing this enough. There are a lot of, lot of preaching that goes around that, that, that says, you got to get out there, you better do this, you better tend church every time the doors are open, and that's great. But the reality is, is Jesus is saying, because he's so close to us, that we are so important to him, we are his daily delight, because I have authority, it's as you have already gone, it's as the power of God has already the authority. Everything that is needed to touch the life of the person you go to is already done. You say, Pastor, what does that mean to me? Well, let's continue. The word commission is a military term, and it's giving an officer authority in his position. So when Jesus commissions to you, you are given a position as one who disciples, as one who goes out. And because of that, there is an authority that you have to actually do the very thing that God has placed in your heart to do. Commission is legally transferred authority. Because God has, Jesus has authority, he's commissioned you in that authority, now you have that authority, you have a position. So when you go into the highways and byways, when you go in your office, when you go in the street, when you go to the store, you already have a position of authority in that place, and no demon in hell can stop you from bringing fruit of ministering to someone in their life. Amen? That's who you are in the kingdom of God. That's what God is, is, is saying to us. So the question is, what is, do, is Jesus doing in chapter 8? The answer is, Jesus is legally 
transferring by God's right and power, transferring authority to us to go and make disciples. So don't feel guilty. You don't do this enough. But understand you have been empowered to do this. See, I'm I'm saying to you what Jesus is saying to us who loves us so much is that you're thinking you're not doing enough, but I want you to recognize everywhere you go, you have been commissioned. It's like you have already done what you're supposed to do. But we have to recognize we have that authority, not standing in front of someone and saying, I got authority over you, but literally going in and knowing that God has already commissioned you to touch that person's life. To give them what Jesus was giving the disciples. And we're going to find that out. But see, the realities were is that what Jesus was doing, he was commissioning people because Matthew 28, there were 11 of them, not 12. He was commissioning the people who were intimate with him. He was commissioning the people who had a passion for Jesus Christ. And he said, now you go. And when you go, it's as of it's already been done. Now, making disciples has two parts to it. First of all, you have evangelism. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. That's evangelism. That is working with people, getting them born again. Then the second part of discipling is teaching. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. But the best part of this is overlooked most of the time. Here it is again. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Church family, God has commissioned us to go outside these four walls and to reach people for Jesus Christ. He hasn't commissioned us to feel guilty and feel so, uh, I just got to do this. I just got to tell people that, that they're going to die and go to hell. And No, we're going to learn the heart, what Jesus did, how he did that today. We're going to see in the five areas of commissioning is he has given us everything that we need to be fruitful in every place we go. As I have learned, I got a lot more to learn, but as I have learned, I have learned that every place I go, every person I'm around, I impact them because I'm there. Not because I'm any better than anybody else, but because I'm there. I'm commissioned with an authority that will touch lives. Tomorrow or the next day, when you are facing a difficult situation, you need to say, thank you, Jesus. You are with me right now and tomorrow. How many times have we gone and we've talked to people about Jesus And they have literally rebuked us and we felt guilty that we're not able to touch their lives. We need to stop that. Because what Jesus said is, as you have already gone, it's a done deal. As you walk in this intimacy with Jesus Christ and you have his heart and you walk in his heart, 
Even though they, through their words and their actions, reject you, you have impacted their lives. Because there's an authority that no demon in hell, again, can stop what you have planted into their life. The Bible talks about watering, planting. The Bible talks about receiving harvest. And whatever takes place in your life with that individual, you must understand that God has given you authority and nothing can stop what you have been commissioned to do with that person. So if you walk away thinking that person has, has no idea what I said, I, I just blew it, God, I'm so sorry. And, and you know, once in a while, you know, we might, you know, allow our emotions to get a little ahead of ourselves and might do some things. But I'm just telling you what Jesus is saying here, because a lot of times this is not taught regarding commissioning. And, and the reality is what Jesus is saying here is that when you go, understanding your authority, what you are to do with that person is a done deal when you're there. The Greek text says, as you have already been there. So most of the time, when we talk about discipling, we think about teaching only. Please understand, you have to evangelize. But here's what a lot of people say, because they don't understand this authority and the five commissioning. I like to take people who are already saved and teach them about the Bible. I do. I love this, my gift. I love to teach the Word of God. But see, when I am to go out and, and preach the Gospels we talked about last week, if I'm to go out, then I need to understand I not only teach the Word, I also evangelize. I also lead people to Christ. And it's not either or. It's not one or the other. It's not I'm good at this. I'm not good at this. It is that you have been called and commissioned to do both. Your life is, is a symbol of God. Your life is literally something that is so powerful, full of authority, that whatever God needs for you to do with that person, you're called to that person, it is, again, a done deal. And you need to realize your life is evangelism. Your life is teaching. Now, you may not have the gift of teaching, but your life teaches others. So when, when we begin to look at this, and I'm, I'm telling you because there are thousands of people just outside these doors of this church that do not know Jesus Christ. They might know religion, but they don't know Jesus Christ intimate like you do. Jesus is talking to 11 guys and said, go make disciples of all nations. 11 guys in the whole world. They changed the world. They needed to evangelize and teach. Yes, teach them, but you, get to, you got to get them saved also. So Jesus has commissioned us to go find some lost people and get them saved, baptized, and teach them the Word of God. Amen. Well, I'm not a teacher, Pastor. Doesn't matter. But who you are is exactly what God has set apart for that person to experience. So go with authority. Go as a military officer. Go as a person that literally understands that when I am in this place, even though my emotions are crying out, I feel so uncomfortable. I don't, I don't do this. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a quiet person. You know, no. In your quietness, you're going to touch that person because God led you to that person. Get them saved. 
The Great Commission includes evangelism and teaching. Well, let me give you a really good example. Any of you watch the Andy Griffith show? Yeah. Remember Barney Five? Okay. I don't know if you remember, probably all you do, because we watched it forever. He was trying to deputize Goober, Gomer, Floyd, and Otis. Remember that? And he's standing up there, and they're all standing there in the way they look. I want to say to you, church, you have been deputized by someone greater than Barney Five. Jesus himself deputizes you and commissions you as an officer. Jesus gave you the authority to win people to the Lord and teach them. Everyone say amen. amen. Well, the second of the Great Commission is go with signs. Go with signs. I said it that way because I, I want to uh, bring correction in, in this area. And notice, I, I don't use that word correction very often, but I want to bring correction in this. In Mark 16, verse 15 and 16, it says, And he said to them, Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Verse 18, they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Here's the main thing Jesus said. When you go, signs are going to follow you. He talks about baptism. You know, baptism is a sign. We've been buried with Christ and raised with him to eternal life. The word signs, Jesus is not trying to start a snake handling church. How many of you know there are those out there in the south especially? When he says serpent, it's about the demonic realm. Uh, Revelation 12.9 says, so the great dragon was cast out. That serpent, everyone say serpent. That serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. The same word used in Mark 16, serpent, is the same word here in Revelation 12. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, same word, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He doesn't mean step on snakes and critters. Jesus means when you go... There will be an enemy that is going to oppose you, but I have all authority. All authority given to Jesus, and with that authority, Jesus gives it to us. Now, here's what I want to say to you. Believers don't follow signs. Believers follow Jesus, and signs follow believers. I'm going to say that again. Believers don't follow signs. Believers follow Jesus, and signs follow believers. Every time Jesus talks, he talks about, come to me. I'm with you always. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. All the time, Scripture's saying that is what we have to do is get into an understanding and a concept of God that what he has done for us, he has given us this authority 
And with this authority, signs will follow our faith, our action. We, when we go, God will do that. It will follow what we do. A lot of times believers, because they, they base what they do based upon result. And so they're looking for signs. I want to tell you, stop looking for signs. But start expecting signs to follow when you walk in faith. Whew. So when you go to school, young people, and you make a stand for God, and you say a few words, and then all of a sudden you feel like, oh, everything's against you. Hey, signs will follow you. You've been called to do that. You, you said those few words. Now go ahead and do your schoolwork and keep going because signs are going to follow what you did. Amen. You have an authority and a power to be able to do things. You can withstand the attacks of the enemy. You can withstand the attacks of peer pressure. You see, when you have intimacy with God, that's your peer. And so your actions, your thoughts, your, everything about you is, is the reality of who Christ is, your concept of God, what God has done, who he is, how he responds to you, how he responds to the situation. And so in this, what we're seeing is that Jesus is taking us on a journey of realizing, I'm going to say this, but I, I want you to understand it, that we have to get out of ourself. Our self-esteem, our self-pity, our self-exaltation. We got to get out of ourself and we need to become what God's called us to be. And what he's called us to be is exactly what Jesus was. It's always about people. With God, it's always about people. It's never about, you know, well, if you do this and I'm going to just really bless you and prosper you and take care of you because that's what he's already promised. It's a done deal if you study that. And, and when you become born again, you walk into a kingdom reality of the blessings of the Lord, but here's what God wants us to do is be just like him because we're learning from Jesus. It's always about people. It's always about those that are around you. It's always about the neighbor that's sitting next to you. So we just go and do what Jesus says. What do we do? We lay hands on the sick and they recover. We cast out demons and we speak with new tongues. We do the works of the Lord, Jesus, because Jesus has given us the authority. Signs confirm the message that we preach. Signs are to confirm the actual message of what you and I are preaching. Now the third Great Commission, or the third part of the Great Commission, he says, go with scriptures. Luke 24, verse 44 and 45 says, then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Did you, did you read that? And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So here's what I want you to see. Jesus told the 11, go make disciples and did something for them. 
he does for everyone. What did Jesus do right there? Jesus opened their understanding so they can comprehend Scripture. How many people do you talk to that all they ever say, church is boring, I can't understand the Bible. I don't read the Bible because I don't understand it. I, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you hear that all the time. When if you really knew what Jesus, how he encountered these disciples and commissioned them, Jesus said, I want to tell you God's thoughts. Is I have opened you up to understand Scripture. I have given you the ability to do that. So if I would say, I just don't understand Scripture, I am saying God either didn't do that or God didn't do it good enough. And I'm just saying to you, Scripture says the only one that's good is God. And so whatever he's done, he's done perfectly. You can understand the Bible. See, he not only gave you authority, and in that authority, he, didn't, he already said, signs will follow when you preach the gospel. Then he says, I've also given the ability to understand Scripture. So the question is, how do you understand the Bible? Well, you got to go to Bible college, you got to go to seminary and get your master's, you got to go get your doctorate in this. And let me tell you, education is good. Amen? God's led you to do that, you better do that, because that's what he's led you to do. But how do you understand the Bible? The answer is, you have to be saved. You get born again. You got a spirit that absolutely can understand the very essence of God's heart and give you a correct concept of God so that everything that you say, everything that you do, because you have a right concept of God, you do it in righteousness. And he's given you the ability to understand the Scripture. Our greatest inability of understanding Scripture is us thinking we can't understand Scripture. We've been deceived. We've been deceived. Now, I know, you know, Pastor Dan and others in here are, you know, becoming Greek scholars and different things. I'm not a Greek scholar. Sometimes I call Dan in, Dan, what's this word mean? You know, I don't have much time, so I cheat. Dan, come here. We believe God breathed the word of God. All scriptures God breathed. The Bible was given by the breath of God. Every day, I breathe in the word of God by reading it. And on Sundays, I breathe out the word of God. I want you to to grab a hold of that. Every day, you are a a living epistle. You are someone who is living out Scripture. You are someone who is the example of Scripture. Some of you say, yeah, but I've sinned. Absolutely, we all have. But who took our sin? 
was Jesus Christ. We've learned that in the encounters with Christ. He took our sin. And 1 John 1.9 is for the believer because sometimes we mess up. But we need to understand when we mess up that we're not greater than the works of Christ. And if we mess up with people, God can turn that around and has turned that around and given you the authority with signs following and the understanding and the revelation of the word to, to go out and preach the gospel, to be that living epistle. You are believers and should walk around with the breath of God in you. The devil says to you, you can't understand it. And Jesus says, they are spirit and they are life to you. That's what the scripture is, spirit and life. You know, I I am disturbed a little bit uh, that some churches are not using the Bible as much. I'm not talking about carrying the Bible. I understand, you know, the computers and everything that people use. now. I'm glad of that. Just get in the word of God. But I'm talking about that they, they don't use Scripture. They, they use analogies of Scripture. And the Bible is the only thing that will change your life. And we, we're going to stay in this book. We're going to stay in Scripture at Valley. When you evangelize, memorize three Scriptures. Here it is. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 10, 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Learn these scriptures, and when a person says, yeah, but, when they do the yeah, but, just quote those scriptures again. Then when they say, yeah, but what about the dinosaurs, quote those scriptures again. Or tell them to come on Wednesday night and they'll learn about those dinosaurs, what Scripture says. Acts 8.35 is Philip. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at, at this Scripture, preached Jesus to him. Isn't that amazing? He used Scripture to evangelize. Acts 18.28, talking about Apollos. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the Scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. When you go out to evangelize, make sure the Scripture is. Don't get off the Scripture. Stay on the Scripture. Just keep quoting the Scripture. Keep quoting what the Scripture says. And then Jesus, and some of you sitting there going, yeah, but but pastor, we have to be this certain type of... Hang on, you're going to see the other two. And what Jesus did is he covered it all. He covered every aspect when you go out to evangelize. And I believe... That, that as of this message, and if you grab a hold of the CDs, you get on the, uh, on, on the computer and listen to it during the week, whatever you do, I want you to understand that from this day forward, you're going to see a difference in your evangelism. You're going to see a difference in, in your teaching. You're going to see a difference in, in your discipling of people and going out and preaching the gospel. Because why? Because you <clears throat> understand with the encounter with disciples who were intimate with Jesus and you being intimate with Jesus and growing in the Lord, you have such an ability to accomplish so much. Families, outside, you know, families, siblings, coworkers, 
schoolmates, spouses, there's going to be a difference from this day forward. And you're going to begin to see those signs following, and, and you're going to begin to see changes in the areas where you go just because you've encountered the heart of God regarding discipling. Now, I'm not trying to tell you to do something. I'm telling you what you already have. I'm not trying to tell you that now you've got to spend another year before you can really get it. I'm telling you, you already have this. When God commissioned you to carry the gospel, he gave you authority, he gave you signs, and he gave you scripture. The fourth of the Great Commission, go with grace. John 20, verse 21 through 23 says, So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. What? Notice, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. You see, what, he, what he's talking about here is that you go in grace. When we go out to judge people and we're preaching at their sin and we don't forgive their sin because they're so bad people, that's why you're the way you are, because that's the way, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, he says, then they're going to retain it. They're not going to change. But when you go in grace, forgiving them of their sin and not holding their sin against them, Amen. Then what will happen is there will be signs following. The authority will take place. The enemy has no hold upon them anymore because you are the authority. You are commissioned to change their life. You are commissioned to bring it to them. And because of that, what goes on right now is you become the one that literally shows the grace and the love of God and it transforms their life. Will there be times where you will have to discuss Scripture with people because they have wrong doctrine, they've been deceived? Yes. Will there be times where you'll have to confront people? At yes. But what Jesus is saying, when you go, don't let their sin hold you back from showing them my love. Don't bring it about that you have to do this, 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 and this to receive what you have. You go in grace. Oh, hallelujah, folks. This is full cir circle. The Father gave the Son. The Son gave the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you the Son. You got saved, born again. You got the Holy Spirit, saves you. The Holy Spirit convicts you. The Holy Spirit then gives you the Son, and the Son gives you the Father. I mean, it's just, this. this is like, Wow, I know I said that quick, but I said it quick because I wanted you to hear it. Is we get so fumbled up in our in our our doctrinal issues and all the different disagreements and what we do and all that, and I just want to tell you when when I go out to be with people, I do not go out to them and look at their life and say, "Oh, they must need Jesus because they have such and such." I go and I love people. For God so loved the world. It didn't say for God so loved the church. It says for God so loved the world, but God loves the church. 
Because before you were of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe, whoever, whoever. Doesn't matter where they've been, what they've done, whoever. The only sin that is unforgivable is the sin that says, I reject Jesus Christ. Every other sin, everything that you've ever done, everything that anybody's ever done is forgivable. They might pay some prices on this earth by going to prison, by being executed, all the different things, but bottom line, everything is forgivable unless the person says, I reject Christ. So wouldn't it be important for us to show them Christ Show them God, the right concept of God. And God is a God of grace and mercy. Amen? See, we always joke about the holidays, getting together with those people in our family. But when you understand this, those people are not a problem. Because you are the officer. You are the one that has the call in your life. <laughs> Jesus said, no one knows the Father except the Son reveals him. <laughs> also, no one comes to the Father except through Christ. So here's the reason I said just go with grace to the disciples. If you don't take this message of forgiveness and give it to people, their sin will be retained, and they will die in their sin. But if you do, they will receive Christ and be saved. Jesus has no other plan. The plan is to tell others God loves you, and he forgives you. How many of us walk around with guilt and condemnation and shame. How many of us have said to ourselves, I guess I can't do that anymore because... How many of us have, have thought, well, you know, when I was younger, I did this, and I'm still paying the price. To you hear this. This is the heart of God. This is deep. God loves you, and you are forgiven. God loves you, and you are forgiven. Church, God loves you and forgives you. Hey, church, God loves you, and you are forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. Take the message of forgiveness and they will be saved because you are commissioned to do that. The fifth part of commission. Just go with power. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. 
Again, this message is not to condemn you and to make you feel guilty. It's to make you feel good and that you have all these things to succeed. You have everything that you need, church. You have authority to make disciples. You have the signs to follow you. You have the scriptures that you can understand. You have the grace of God because you've been forgiven. You have the grace of God because God's call on you has not changed. No matter how young or old you are, you are forgiven by the grace of God. You can't earn it. Jesus paid for it. And you have the power of the Holy Spirit that reveals Christ and the Father. People want to know God, they need to look at you. But they need to look at people that say, I know who I am in Christ. Not in some prideful, arrogant way, but someone who knows who you are. And when you stand in an uncomfortable situation, and sometimes you don't even have an answer, I want you to understand, we study that little Greek term, it's like it's already done. And to you, you may have looked the fool. In the kingdom of God and the spirit realm, you haven't looked the fool. You've shown God because you've been obedient. You have been commissioned as an officer in the army of God. And you win. People are important to God So what does that mean? People are important to us. The word power literally means miraculous ability. Many of you have said, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. I don't understand that. I want to tell you, you have a miraculous ability in that power to make it happen. Acts 1.8 again says, and you have miraculous ability to witness. But you know what we need to do? Just go. And win people to Jesus. Let's all stand.